for everything oh, for everything indie for everything cults it's the blue horseshoe now. now here's your host george bremer and ryan hickey and welcome into another edition of the blue horseshoe podcast ryan hickey and george bremer here with you on the midweek edition coming off of a Colts loss to the Eagles. They are sitting there 4-6-1. and one. A lot to get into today, George, on the midweek pod, including is the head coach the reason of Lehman? Now we're starting to see that, you know, this Colts team is more flawed than maybe we even thought uh, after the Frank Wright firing. We'll discuss maybe some potential pause uh, when it comes to drafting a young quarterback. You can see some recent examples of guys struggling. Are the Colts in a position right now to foster a young quarterback if they were to draft one? next draft uh, as well. So we got a lot to break down here. Not to mention, uh, what does Jeff Saturday have to do as well to kind of keep the job now that we've seen him so far through two games? They're one and one. So we got a lot to break down here. And first of all, before we go any further, George, is this will be the pod released before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. Have a great feast. And at least the Colts won't be there to let you down on Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Happy Thanksgiving, Ryan, to you and your family. Uh, yeah, at least we don't have to watch the Colts on this Thanksgiving night, and and that's something to be thankful for. What's the go-to, George? Thanksgiving, you classic turkey mashed potatoes guy. You jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, turkey and mashed potatoes. For me, it's always pumpkin pie. I mean, that's what Ooh. I'm always saving room for that. That that's always my uh, my main of it, which is fun because my daughter can't stand it. So like more for me, <laughs> more for you. I'll be honest, I'm a very picky eater. I'm not a big Thanksgiving food guy. Like I'll eat mashed potatoes stuffing. Not a turkey guy, not a gravy guy, even pumpkin pie. Like I, I mostly hate to say, kind of go Italian. Big pasta usually is like my mom yeah. would be very nice and make a pasta dish on the side. Because everyone else in my family likes turkey and all that, you know, all the the fixings. So it's a kind of boring Thanksgiving. I'll be honest for yours truly. Hey, if we get our guest for uh for this next pod that that, that we're talking to, he's going to be right there with you. I know that really he's got a big Italian family and they kind of have an Italian spread every year for Thanksgiving. So you just got to go to his place. I was just going to say, maybe make a, a quick trip over to Pittsburgh here between now and Thursday yeah. to uh, to load up and, and eat good. So happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday for sure. But to get you there uh, between now and then, George, let's talk about, first of all, there is a viral video that went out uh, on Tuesday morning. Now, they showed it on the broadcast. Now, you couldn't hear audio, but after, as the game was over and the Colts were um, were stopped on fourth down, the Eagles about to take a knee to end the game, you did see the, the broadcast show twice. Nick Sione kind of running over and talking and pointing to fans. Now, there was a group of Eagles fans, a group of Colts fans. So you couldn't really tell who he was talking to. He was just fired up to, you know, basically thank the Eagles fans for making the trip and getting the win, or if he was talking smack to the Colts fans. And we find out on Tuesday, thanks to a, a Twitter video filmed by a fan sitting right there, it was talking smack to the Colts fans as he pointed and said, that win was for Frank Reich. That's a guy that was emotional in the postgame press conference, kind of letting his feelings be known that he did not approve of Frank Reich getting fired, did not believe he was worthy of getting fired, a guy that has influenced him so much. How do you think, I'll ask you this, George, I guess to frame it this way, how do you think Frank Reich reacts to that? Uh, not well. I'll tell you that. That's that's not, let's put it this way, that's not Frank's style. I, I don't think he would want uh, anybody doing that on his behalf, and, and no less Nick Sirianni. Those two are incredibly close. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I think there's probably a sense out there in the Colts fan base that Frank Reich was like going hardcore for the Eagles on Sunday. I doubt that's the case. He's close with a lot of these coaches still on this team. He cares about the players on this team. I'm sure he wanted just that to be a good game. And he, and he wanted, I'm sure he wants good things to happen to the Colts the rest of this year. Uh, I, I know he's 
can't be happy with the way things ended here. Uh, I don't think anybody would, especially the phone call. I think that's the part of this that probably drives Nick Sirianni the the most, uh, the anger that he's got the most there because the coaches know you're, you're hired to get fired, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it is the rare coach who leaves on his own terms. That's just the business. You get into it, you understand that. Uh, but I think happening in the middle of the season when it never happened before here and happening over the phone, I think are part of the reasons that, that you see Nick Sirianni reacting the way that he did. He's always been a, a super emotional guy, so I can't say I'm stunned that that, that happened. Uh, but you've got you got to find a way in that moment to, to be the bigger man, for lack of a better term, uh, and not kind of go. The fans didn't do anything. You know, I mean, they didn't. They they don't make decisions around here. They didn't. They may have supported it, but they certainly didn't make that call. Uh, and so I I can't imagine Frank looks at that and, and is happy. I'll say that. You're probably right. And Frank Reich, you know, with his background, and you know Frank from a personal level way better than I ever would. But as a human being, I think there has to be a small part, even a small part that he'll never vocalize and make public. You have to feel a little, a little bit good about not the fact that the Colts lost or the fact that Nick Sirianni, his protege, you know, got the win in, in a quote-unquote revenge game, if you will. But I think the, the thing about Sunday that has to have Frank Reich feel a little bit good was that that win or that loss, I should say, showed the head coach wasn't the biggest problem on the team. Now, that's something that me and you have hammered home now for weeks. You know, the, the Frank Reich firing felt inevitable, but it's not the fact that he was the main reason why this team was losing. And then through two games, even though you got a nice little bump, and sure, the Colts have been a little bit better to start, you know, the game than they were under Frank Reich so far. And the, the, the issues remain the same. Like we talked about this on the postgame pod on Sunday. In case you missed it, make sure you check it out wherever you do get your Blue Horseshoe pod. But basically, the, the theme of the postgame pod on Sunday was, same day or same story, different day, right? With how the Colts have lost the offensive ineptitude, the defense being on the field and being asked to be Hercules and Superman and unfortunately not getting one more stop that they need in order to win the game against a good offense. It's the, the recipe for losing was the same with Jeff Saturday as was for Frank Reich. And at least again, even if just a very small part of Frank Reich, you got to feel good knowing that, hey, they blame me and I was a scapegoat for the main issues for the, so far this lost season. But in reality, he is not the main reason why the Colts are right now sitting at four, six, and one in a year that we expected them to make a playoffs and maybe win a playoff game. No, absolutely. You know, I'm sure there's part of him that that looked at that and and probably felt, you know, his heart goes out a little bit to these players. I think he would love to see them turn it around and and you know get these issues fixed. Uh, I think he'd be the first guy to say that that he'd be happy to see that happen with this group. But at the same time, I think the other thing that coaches do is they look forward, right? I mean, you 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 get out of one job and, and you go to the next one. So I'm not sure if he's transitioned to that point yet, but I'm sure he's heading that way, uh, you know, on to whatever's next for him. Probably an offense coordinator job somewhere in the NFL. I think he'd be a good head coach at the college level. If somebody wants to come call in there. Um, and I think there's a chance. I still, I've been saying this for a while. I'm going to beat this drum in, until it doesn't happen uh, that, that he could be the guy in Carolina, you know, so we'll see how all that works out. Um, but I think absolutely this situation, uh, which you see with the Colts right now, very similar to what you saw with the Colts when Frank Reich was here. I think Jeff Saturday has absolutely brought an energy to this locker room. I think he's brought confidence to this locker room, uh, but they've got to start making plays when it matters. And, and one thing Saturday said on Tuesday, uh, this is the thing I hate worst about the coaching change. These, I agree. these days, 
you know, okay, Jeff changed uh, his name just for like the next six yeah. weeks. That, that's all. Just like Jeff Smith, like nothing crazy, yeah. but just so we're not mixing our days up. And it's like Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday. What, what day is it? Who's on first? Right. Like it's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very messy. Um, we'll, we'll talk to him. See, see if that'll work out for him. You know, maybe he'll understand. I'm sure he's very media friendly, right? He's, he's going to understand. Our, our His main priority, I'm sure, is to make the fans and media's life easier first. And then, oh yeah, yeah. football team second. <laughs> nah, that's that, that just comes along with the, with the job, right? The most important thing is to make sure the fans and media are happy. But, uh, no, I think he said on Tuesday, it's not just the fourth quarter. And I think that's a really good point. You know, you go back to the third quarter in this game in particular, uh, where you have the ball at the 22 yard line and, and you only get a field goal. And then the next two possessions, you get a, your own 47, your own 45, and you don't cash in, uh, you know, I don't think you scored on either. It was missed a field goal on one of them and punted on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just the fourth quarter. I think we focus on the end of the game because that's human nature. I do it too. You know, you go back to, hey, if they score from the five, this is it's over. Uh, and that's absolutely remains true. But you can go through every one of these games throughout the season, and there's a moment anywhere during that game where if you execute, you know, if Paris Campbell can hold on to that that ball on that drive that started at 22, you got a first down, you're still going in. It, you know, that play is as important as anything, any of the sacks that happened later, any of the other things that, that didn't go the Colts' way. And I think what, what Saturday's point was, they've got to get to a point where they see them all the same. You're not putting more pressure on yourself in the fourth quarter because you already made that play in the first quarter or the second quarter or the third quarter, and it's all the same to you. You know, I think that's part of, as he said, learning how to win. That's the phrase that he was using. I think we we forget this is a fairly young team, you know, because of what they've accomplished in the last few years, especially at some key positions, left tackle being one, uh, right guard being another. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see guys like that who are making mistakes in, in these kind of critical kind of situations, and they just have to find a way to calm down, understand, you know, the fourth quarter is no important, no more important than the first quarter. But if you make those plays early, it gives you confidence to make them late. This is going to be a really dumb question, George, but I'm asking anyway because I'm not sure if the Colts know. Do they know actually the, like what their biggest issues are of why the season is four, six, and one? Because again, they bench the quarterback. Like the moves they made kind of show you so far they don't know what the real issue is. Now, I know we talked about it a lot, but you bench Matt Ryan. Was he problem number one? No. You fire Marcus Brady. Was he problem number one? No. You fire Frank Reich. Was he problem number one? No. You just mentioned Jeff Satter's talking about, oh, you know, it's not just the fourth quarter where we're kind of coming up short. And he's 100% right. And whether it was Frank Reich where short, the fourth quarter would be their best quarter, ironically, but the first half and the first quarter especially would be their worst. So some of the quarters change, and maybe they get off to a fast start but can't close. But either way, we are talking about these same issues week in and week out, George, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's guys like not making a play, like Paris came on third down, just catching a ball that is catchable to keep the chains moving on a drive and get you deep in the you know in the red zone, maybe score a touchdown instead of kicking for a field goal. It's Jonathan Taylor not fumbling the ball after getting a first down and getting dragged. I know the defense, a few plays, got their own turnover. But again, you keep that drive going. Maybe you punch it in. And again, maybe we're not sitting here needing a defensive stop by the defense in order to win the game like it's the same things each and every week, George. The the players who make the mistakes could change. The the timing of when the mistakes happen change. But overall, it's the same issues. It's the same self-inflicted wounds. And we're sitting here going into week 12 with numerous changes made and the outcome's not really changing, George. It's like, it's a stupid question to ask, but it's like, do you actually think 
this team knows what is wrong with the team because it doesn't feel like it. No, I'm with you. It doesn't feel like I, I'm still dumbfounded that all those moves that, that you talked about happened and Chris Strausser wasn't fired. You know I mean? I just feel like the offensive line has been kind of the, the focal point of this uh, to everybody, but the decision makers within, within the organization, they've changed up the lineup on the offensive line, obviously, but uh, you know, maybe there's something internally that we're not aware of uh, where they just feel like that's not the issue. But from everything that we see watching this team, you know, week in and week out, it's the holding penalties. It's, you know, allowing Matt Ryan to be sacked without really any chance on that final drive. Um, you know, the, the last shot they had was I think third and 16 um, and, or was third and yeah. yeah and, you get third 16, start, and you and get to sack. fourth and 21 and it's like the game's over. Yeah. You can't, it's those things happen all the time with this franchise this year, you know, and it's, more often than not, like you said, it changes who it is. You know, sometimes it's Jonathan Taylor fumble. Michael Pittman had a stretch there where he didn't hold on to the football as well as he should. Um, you know, Matt Ryan had a long stretch in the early season where he was making mistakes, dropping the ball, throwing, you know, ill-advised passes. But most of these things come back to the offensive line more often than not. It, it's why they can't be consistent. You know, it's why they, they can't punch the ball in from the five-yard line, for instance. That's You've got the highest-paid offensive line in the league you should be getting more from them than, than what you've got this year. And I think that, to me, it's never one issue. It's never one problem. But that's the one that could clean up the most um, of, of the other areas. If you fix that one, I think you'd see a lot of improvement everywhere else. And it's infuriating because, again, this is not like, you know, Frank Reich was unjustly fired or something like that. It's not a surprise. And, again, maybe the timing tiny bit. Um, since Jim Mercer has never fired a head coach in season before, before obviously this year, but it felt inevitable, at least bare minimum at the end of the year, he's going to be fired. So I'm not, you know, I'm least not sitting here saying, you know, this is ridiculous. This team would be a lot better off if you saw here, but also what doesn't still make any sense is uh, again, whether it's, you know, the decision-making with the head coach, whether it's also now bringing Jeff Saturday, not only off the street, but actually allowing him to be the head coach where you're not forcing a quarterback down his throat, like, towards the end of the Frank Reich era with Sam Ellinger. And that's when it felt like just like this team is waving the white flag and this season's over and you're making Sam Ellinger the starter for the rest of the year. Two weeks later, Frank Reich's fired. And it's like, oh, you know what? Jeff Saturday, no experience. You do what the hell you want. Whatever quarterback you want to play, whatever offense you want to run, go for it. It's your show. It just, it doesn't make any sense. And like you said, this team is still like the manning part is this team is good enough where they truly can't tank. Like I was rooting for it. And when Sam Allen goes out there, maybe you can make the argument if he was to start the rest of the year, they probably maybe would win one game just because he's so bad and so inept. But it's like this, they, this defense is a top five defense. You have playmakers. And again, the offensive line is inconsistent at best, which you can have a game where you rush for 200 yards like they did against the Raiders. You can have another one of those performances once in a while. But again, you can have a good drive or a good half, but they can never put games together. They can never, you know, outside of the Raiders game, put two good halves together. Now we know they can't put two good games together. It's just a ride or a wave of inconsistency all season long. And we're sitting here talking about the same things. And even though we're talking about the same issues, George, uh, I feel like I'm going, you know, in an insane asylum, the, the changes to actually address the real issues have not been made yet. Yeah, that that's the really weird thing, uh, you know, and, some of that's injury. I mean, Dennis Kelly came in, did a decent job at left tackle. Then he got hurt. Now I think it's probably the right call to go with Bernard Raymond. You're just trying to, to he's learning on the job and that's tough, but you're trying to find out what you've got right. there uh, and whether or not he's the guy. Season. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's, that's where you are. Same thing with Will Fry's at, at right guard. Honestly, like can this guy 
get through these more or less rookies, not a rookie, but he is in playing experience. Right. Can you get through these more or less rookie, you know, mistakes and, and, and be the guy moving forward down the stretch? They've got to find that out uh, because I think the offensive line has to be a big focal point in the offseason. And really with the money you've already spent there, it's probably got to be a big focal point in the draft because I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to send more money into that line when they're already the highest paid line in the league, you're probably better yeah. off going and getting, you know, rookies uh, who you feel good about uh, who, who can come in. And it's supposed to be a deep, deep draft for tackles. We know, you know, in, in November, that stuff always holds up come April. When we're talking <laughs> about the draft class, 100% of the time uh, is always accurate. Right. But right now the buzz is that it's a deep draft for tackles. So I think the Colts have to be active in that as much as we focus on the quarterback and as much as they need to get that quarterback in the future. We'll talk about that later. The left tackle is is right there. I mean, it, to me, there's four spots on this team that you've got to fill over the next couple of years that really, ideally, you've got to do it through the draft. Quarterback is right there, number one, obviously. Left tackle is 1A in my mind. Yes, I'm with you. Defensive end has got – Quiddy Play's done a great job. He needs a Robin to his Batman. You've Absolutely. got to go – and look, it's not going to be Yannick Ngakwe long-term. You got to get another defensive end out there who can come and be that bookend. And the other one, I don't think we talk about a ton is corner because mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore is not going to play forever. And you need somebody who can kind of step up. I think Isaiah Rogers has really shown he can be that dude. And I think he's got a guy who can really help out this team going down, down, you know, going forward. But you need that shutdown, lockdown, number one corner. Those four spots to me, the ne- I don't know, it might take four years. It might take four number one picks to, to get them. But that's what you've got to be focused on. I think you're 100% right. And like I said, that's why this team is contention in 2023 is not really a question. Maybe they could surprisingly if you get, you know, some rookie quarterbacks get hot and you get lucky. But really, like I said, this is a, a rebuild for lack of a better word or retooling, if you will. But this is just not a one-off season fix for sure, which I think goes back to if you kind of bring everything full circuit where we started the segment. That's, I think, why you saw some emotion from Nick Sirianni after the game and kind of chirping at Colts fans and then talking to the post-game press conference and kind of almost getting choked up, frankly, talking about, you know, his uh, the impact that not only the city of Indianapolis had, but, you know, what Frank Reich had on him, why he was so happy to get this win, was just because we just, you see so many holes in this Colts team. It's clearly not the head coach that's the biggest reason for sure, but yet he was, uh, let's say, the biggest scapegoat. I know others got, you know, Marcus Brady got fired, Matt Ryan got benched for a little bit, so there's other moves that are made first. But he seemingly was the biggest scapegoat for right now this lost season. I think clearly you see, even through two games of just Saturday's tenure so far, it's not that coach that's right now the biggest reason for this team. And that's also concerning too going forward, George, because look at in the offseason when they actually opened up. We'll talk about this in a little bit. I mean, Jeff Saturday and his ability to keep the job. But it also goes to show you, like, this, this team is now one head coach away from turning around. Just like you mentioned, this is a rebuild. So they're not – not sure. One Sean Payton-esque coach, let's say, because Sean Payton's not coming in here. But let's say someone of his elk, you know, he's not, one guy's not coming in here, turning things around, and all of a sudden now you're talking about playoffs for next year. This is a, a big rebuild. This is a, a, a situation where, like I said, you're going to have to address multiple key positions on both sides of the ball here over the next few drafts. And it goes to show you that for all the, the criticism Frank Reich took, again, rightfully so in some instances, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. He's not the biggest reason why right now the Colts are sitting here under 500, lost season. And we're talking about more at the draft halfway through the year than we were talking about a playoff chase for sure. Speaking of a playoff chase, George, let's, when we do return here, discuss is there any hope right now for the Colts turning things around at 4 6 while making a playoff run? And what does Jeff Saturday have to do 
in order to remove the interim tag and be the full-time head coach going forward. We'll discuss that when the Blue Hoosha Pod returns.